Welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. And today we have what I consider to be a, a more of a, a sad occasion, but not in every sense of the word. Uh, we are remembering the ministry of Dr. Tom Farrell, who was an evangelist and uh, someone who I listen to every year as a as a teenager. We went down to the wilds in North Carolina, and he was usually the speaker um, the year, the, the time that our youth group went, and uh, Brother Farrell had a huge impact on my teenage life and on my thinking at that time, and I know he has impacted the lives of many different people, uh, thousands if not millions, literally across the world, and so I, I appreciate the ministry of Dr. Farrell. Uh, I don't know if I agreed with everything uh, in ministry, philosophy, theology at this point in my life, um, but certainly he was a person that God used. He was a preacher with passion that is hard to find anywhere, um, and he certainly had a love for the scriptures, and he had a love for uh, love for a scripture. If you if you ever heard him preach. He quotes scripture like it was nothing, like he just almost had the book memorized. Uh, but he also had a love for people. I had a chance to sit down with him on, on a couple of different occasions, and uh, he took time for people. And so I appreciate that. And so today we're going to be airing a, an interview I did with Dr. Farrell like 25 years ago, okay? This actually has the designation of being the first interview I think I ever conducted anywhere. I was a high school student. And I was writing for a school newspaper that I started, uh, The Separatist. Anyway, um, and I sat down with, with uh, Brother Farrell at the Wilds Christian Camp and uh, just sat down with a tape recorder and um, asked him some questions. And so this is interesting. So it's, so it's interesting. We're, we're, this, is, this is Dr. Farrell, you'll, Tom Farrell, you'll be listening to. Um, but it's also uh, my, this is teenage Kevin Thompson voice here. And you're getting a, a glimpse into the fundamentalist mind of young teenager Kevin Thompson. So uh, that just like, might be a little treat here. So here, here's this interview with Tom Farrell literally 25 years ago, uh, maybe a little more, uh, at the Wilds. Um, here it is. Where were you called to preach? Well, I felt like when I was 16 that God was telling me about full-time Christian service. I went up to Bible college when I was 18. Actually... Bob Jones University we started in accounting and had no peace. Transferred into the Bible program and God made it pretty plain that that's where he wanted me. To take you to a time and place when I was called to preach, I couldn't. First Timothy 3 1 says, If a man desire the office of the bishop, he desireth a good work. And God began to burn in my heart that desire to get the gospel out of preach that we had helped people. And so I started pursuing that and God never called me out. Okay, next couple of questions. How and when did your ministry get started? I uh, preached and held some meetings when I was in school. Primarily got started when I came up here. I moved here in 1974 full-time. I worked here from 71 to 71. I moved here full-time in 74. And worked here on the staff and did a lot of preaching to teenagers 
uh, on camps, school camps and things. And then in 1979, we started the Wiles Evangelistic Team. They asked me to head it up to be the evangelist for the team. And I have worked traveling in churches from 79 to 90. And in 1990, I launched a full-time evangelism. 92, moved to Kansas City, Missouri for a new base of operations and continued my association here and kept going. Um, if you had the chance to preach to every teenager in the world all at once, every Christian teenager in the world all at once, what would you preach in them? Every teenager all at one time. Very possibly what I'm going to preach on tonight, Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things you're looking for will be added to thee. I think a lot of young people as well as adults have been deceived into thinking if they serve God, they'll get gypped. And the truth is, it's just the opposite. If you serve God, you'll be blessed. But you don't go looking for gold. You go looking for God, and you let God supply your needs. So that's probably the text I use. You preach with fire and strength. How do you do it? Well, the Bible's an authoritative book. The Bible says it's not my word like a fire, saith the Lord. It's not like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. And Jeremiah said his word was like a fire in my bones. I could not contain it. So what you do is you pour enough Bible in yourself, you stay fired up. Then when you learn certain truths, you just want everybody to know those truths so that they can enjoy the blessings of God that you enjoy. What advice would you give to teenagers who are called to preach? Well, number one, if a young man is called to preach, he needs to prepare. And that means at home he needs to be faithful in obedience. He needs to be faithful in studying the Word of God. He needs to be faithful in soul winning. I think if you don't start sharing your faith as a young man, it's doubtful you're going to do it when you're older because you're building habit patterns. And then he needs to begin to pray, God, where do you want me to go to study for the ministry? You need to choose a strong Christian college that has high academics and high standards. And then every opportunity that you have when you're studying to preach, preach. I tell folks, nobody listening to go out in the woods and preach to the woodpeckers. Preach every opportunity that you have. Keep your life clean. And uh, walk with God. And... Uh, 2 Timothy 4.2 says, Preach the word be instant in season, out of season, reprove, renew, absorb with all suffering and doctrine. Whenever you're preaching, remember who you're preaching for. I have a little philosophy I've used for years. I have nothing to prove. I have one person to please. And that's the Lord. In a nutshell, surprise. When you preach, are you ever worried about offending another Christian with different beliefs? No, not really. If the Bible says it, I think a preacher ought to preach it. If he spends time worrying about who all he's going to offend, he won't preach much because whatever you preach is going to offend somebody if they're not obeying the Bible. I think what we ought to do is be more worried about offending God who called us to preach and told us what to say. And if we don't say it, then what we've done is we disobey Him and offend Him. Why do you believe that people can't be saved after the rapture? Do you believe that God just won't save them or God won't continue to convict them? I didn't say people couldn't be saved after the rapture. I said if you heard the gospel and reject the gospel before the rapture, you can't be saved after the rapture. There will be lots of people saved after the rapture. Many people will trust the Lord Jesus Christ as first Lord and Savior. But a person who's heard the gospel according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that we studied the other night because they would not receive the love of the truth they're damned. 
I believe that they cannot be saved having rejected the truth of the Word of God after the rapture because God said so. I believe there's a lot of people who've never heard the gospel, never heard the truth, don't know how to be saved. They're going to hear the truth and they're going to be saved after the rapture. After the rapture. How, how old do you think is a, when do you think is a good age to start dating? That's a real relative question. Uh, I think friendships, going to banquets and things like that, 16, 17, 18, I think when, before you're doing serious dating, you're probably better off if you're in college and uh, in a good, what I call public-private place. That means you're in a place where you can talk privately, but everybody can see you publicly and regard yourself keep yourself out of trouble. Uh, my kids won't be doing much dating until they're 17, 18 years of age. And then it won't be too serious. This, is, this next question is one that's been most frequently asked. What do you think about the movie tending in regular? Well, in the first place, the movie industry as an industry is not godly. In the second place, if you go to see a quote-unquote good movie, of which there are very few, and most everybody knows anything about, about the Bible knows that, you'd have to go to the same theater and pay finances to the same outfit that is hosting wicked films. In the third place, they usually show previews in that theater of what's going to be next, which means you're going to sit in the theater for a quote good movie and have to see previews of things that you ought not be seeing. Number four, those who are lost and do not know Christ, if they see you in that movie theater, will wonder how often you go to that. Do you go only for this quote, good film? Are you a movie goer? I think for testimony's sake, God says don't let your good be evil spoken of. And uh, but whatever you do, you do all of the glory to give the right opinion of Jesus Christ. Our family does not attend movies because if we are there, then it appears that we are agreeing with the movie industry. And though we might be seeing a, quote, good picture, we are putting ourselves in a bad environment. But how long does it take you to do a prayer sermon? Hours and days. Uh, I, I really couldn't answer that. I have messages that have been formulated for months before they're preached. Uh, I'm sure I have no messages that have had less than 30 hours of study for them. What advice would you give to a person looking for a college? If you're looking for a college, always look one for one with high academics and high standards. One where the philosophy of the school is towards giving glory to God. Not a place where they just call themselves a Christian college, but permit any type of lifestyle, permit any type of activities, but they want to please God in what they do. There are not a lot of Christian colleges today that a person can choose from. But there are a, there are a various there are various numbers of them in different locations. But those two criteria, I want to have high academics and high standards, 
And I want to be able to go on that campus and not fight their philosophy, but be able to follow it because it's scriptural. I don't want to have to take the task uh, able teachers that would teach a liberal view or a lenient view of the Bible, but one that would teach uh, loving submission and obedience to the dictates of the Word of God. What do you think about the, uh, there's another frequent What do you think about the, the current style of turning your head on? I'm doing what? About turning, wearing your head on backwards? Well, the catchers have done that for years. Uh, I don't know that there is anything inherently wrong with wearing your hat backwards or upside down. I think if if wearing your hat backwards is making a statement that you're opposed to authority or something that is good or right, you ought not do it. But if it's just wearing it backwards, it's no big deal. Do you think a Christian should be involved in politics and do you like any candidates for president next year? I think a Christian can be involved in politics. I think we need in politics some godly people who have integrity and character who will really have a heart first for the Lord and for righteousness and then for America. Presently, the only man who's making much sense in what he's saying is Bill Graham. But I have not heard him enough to know if I could vote for him. I certainly could vote for Bill Clinton. Bob Dole seems to be a front runner with the Republican Party, but he is too moderate for me on many of his uh, positions. Uh, he may be the lesser of two evils to vote for, I'm not sure. But uh, Pat Buchanan has some good conservative views. I don't know if he stands much of a chance of getting a nomination. He seems to have some conservative views. What we need is some men who have strong convictions and want to be uh, leaders of the nation, not politicians. Um, this is uh, something. This is a question on something you said last night. What do you think? What do you think about that show, Home Improvement? You mentioned that you passed it last night. Have you seen the show? I've seen it. Home Improvement is just a when I flipped it on and passed by, you got a hair-headed woman and a smart-mouthed teenager and a loose-living teenager and a dense-looking father using off-color language. So I haven't watched it enough other than the no, I was turned off the first time I turned it on. Sounds like a typical sitcom there. What is your opinion on uh, music groups like this one says, Boys to Men, who profess to be saved but go on continuing with the music? Well, I did not know Boys to Men had professed to be saved. The articles I have on them, their lyrics, though not as graphic as some of the rock groups, still talk about. Uh, that which is not moral, but immoral. Uh, they're not quite as blatant in their immorality or the promotion of it, but they're still using the style of that which is wicked in many of the directions that they're heading in the same thing. I, I find them in the same 
in the words of John Raven, the same pile for the rest of those who are not taking a biblical stand. I think music is supposed to give the right opinion of Jesus Christ. Words, uh, simply translated, music, uh, musicians, and message are all generally headed towards the things of honor God, not dishonor. Do you think it's important for a Christian to attend a Christian college as opposed to a state university? Yes, I always recommend that whatever you're going to study, you spend the first two years in a Christian college. There are some professions that you cannot uh, enter without a certain degree from some state schools. For me to say it's wrong, totally wrong to go to any state school, I can't judge. There's very few places if a man's going to be a doctor, he can go without going to some type of state school. And very few places if you're going to be a lawyer, you can completely fulfill your responsibilities out in state school. I think it's important when you graduate, the next two years are very formative years, to get into a good environment, to get your standards set, your convictions sealed solid before you go off to a state school. But I would not tell anyone if they knew God was calling them to study for a profession that they could not study for in a Christian college, that they could not go to a state school because I'm not God. What do you do when you have unspiritual parents who don't like you to be involved in spiritual activities with youth group or things like that? Well, number one, I'm responsible as a young person to honor and respect my parents as parents. I mean, I've always respected their position. Uh, on an issue, but I respect their position as an authority. Second, assault, I'm to make them thirsty for the things of God. Third, I uh, always look to secure permission. When Daniel is nothing and I'm everything, and you're not spiritual and I'm real spiritual, I think you lose ground. You offend your parents and the Lord because that's not the attitude. The attitude is I want to be a servant to my folks. And frankly, I believe. If going to the youth group and getting involved in those activities translates into life at home and they see an obedience and a Christ-honoring spirit and they see a definite help and direction at home and so these kind of things rather than keep you from going there, I want you to go because it translates to peace in the house. What do you think is the uh, biggest problem with Christian teenagers face today? Well, I think every Christian teenager has to face the same problems of pressure, peer pressure. What does the crowd think? That's the reason I use constantly the philosophy of you want to be a Christ pleaser or a crowd pleaser. Galatians 1 10. Um, I think it's important they understand that if they've been saved, all of us who've been saved, we have been accepted by the most important person in the world who knows the most about us, and that's God. And if nobody else accepts us, that's insignificant. And I think the battle of materialism, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, pride of life, wanting things, wanting status, wanting substance, wanting these kind of things, they're going to be a constant pull. And so you have to fight that. And uh, the last thing is attempting something and uh, failing. I think a teenager needs to understand the difference between failing and being a failure. Uh, a failure is a person who quit. One who fails simply means he may have struck out, but he's still in the game. He may have shot and rimmed, but he's still playing ball. He may have chipped the shot to hit the top of the post, but he's still playing soccer. 
it's not it's not wrong to fail. You won't ever succeed unless you try. And occasionally you're going to fail in that process. It's wrong to quit. And I think a lot of young people don't remember that. Proverbs 24:16 says a just man will fall seven times for your rising. Well, I hope you got somewhat of a kick out of that. My my first interview ever. Uh, this was even before podcasting. This was before I knew that was even a thing. This was just for a school newspaper. Um, but uh, please be in prayer for the Farrell family. I'll have a link to his ministry's website. You can learn more about him there. Our, re- our recommended resource of the week is going to be his book, Preaching That Pleases God, The Keys to Life-Changing Bible Exposition. So, Preaching That Pleases God, The Keys to Life-Changing Bible Exposition. You can find all that on our website, www.basicbiblepodcast.com. Uh, excuse me, not org. Wow, dot org. Basicbiblepodcast.org. Or check us out on Twitter and uh, Instagram at basicbiblecast. Google us on, uh, search for us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. You'll want to do that. We can have some discussions there. So join us back next week. Next week we'll have an interview with another person that's near and dear to my heart, even when I was a teenager, was uh, Pastor James Wilkes. Um, he was my my uh, my pastor growing up, who sent me off to the wilds to hear Tom Farrell anyway. Uh, but we'll have Jim Wilkes on the podcast. He'll be talking about his latest book, which is great. If, if you're a gospel-saturated person, you want to read this book. So find out more next week. So until next time, have a great rest of your week.